You're listening to a sermon from Metro North Church in Goose Creek, South Carolina. If you'd like to connect with us, then visit us online at metronorthchurch.com. Well, good morning. If you'd take your Bibles and turn to 2 Corinthians chapter 4, verse 15. 2 Corinthians 4, 15. If I haven't personally met you yet, my name's Howard. I'm one of the leaders here. We're in a series called Overflow. And some of you are probably, at this point of the holiday season, overwhelmed. And I just want to congratulate a lot of you. You you got through Halloween and you're now at halftime between Halloween and Christmas. And what a wonderful thing to be with the people of God to thank God. Would you please stand as we read about overflowing thanks from the Apostle Paul to a little church in the city of Corinth. It's going to speak to us today. 2 Corinthians chapter 4, we're going to look at verse 15. Paul had gone through all kind of problems to bring grace to these little churches, but he said it was worth it. Listen to this. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for your living word. Send your spirit now to stir thanksgiving. In Christ we pray. Amen. Well, with your Bibles open, please be seated. How many of you grew up reading the Dr. Seuss books? Don't be shy. Did you know that Dr. Seuss was a soldier in World War II? And one day he heard a fellow soldier complaining these words, rain, always rain. Why can't we have something different for a change? This lack of gratitude inspired Dr. Seuss to write one of my favorite stories of his, Bartholomew and the Ooblick. Now, raise your hand if you've never heard of that story. Oh, you know that one. It's a rare story for Dr. Seuss because he doesn't do his typical rhyming and silly stuff. It's actually quite serious. It's a serious story about King Derwin who ruled the country of Did. And Bartholomew, a young page boy, Bartholomew Cubbins. One day, the king was looking out of his window at the weather, like he did for so many years, and complaining to Bartholomew Cubbins, I'm unthankful for the rain in spring. I hate the sun in summer. There's fog in the autumn and there's snow in the winter. I demand something different from the sky. I demand more from the sky. Bartholomew, even though he was young, said, Oh, king, no, these are gifts. But the king Derwin got angry and he said, Summon my royal magicians. I deserve more. Bartholomew ran to the magicians, and the magicians threw together some ingredients into a magic crock pot of sorts. And they say a mystical chant, snow and rain are not enough, we must make some brand new stuff. 
out from this crock pot drifts this ooey, gooey substance called oobleck. It fills the sky. It begins to fall. But the problem is, is this stuff falls everywhere. The birds are getting stuck to their nests. A woman is hanging her clothes on the clothesline, and she gets stuck to the clothesline. Bartholomew runs to ring the bell to warn the village, but the bell is stuck with this green, gooey stuff. Bartholomew runs back to the king, and the king says, sitting on his throne, stuck and worried. Bartholomew, what do I do now in the land of Did? Bartholomew says, king, just say you're sorry for not saying thank you. The king says, I'm sorry. And he then declares a holiday of thanksgiving for the rain, for the sun, for the fog, and for the snow. Now, that short story parallels as a cautionary tale this short verse that Paul speaks to this little church in Corinth about gratitude. Paul says that grace increases gratitude to the glory of God. Let me say it again as we look at this verse, and then I'm going to show it. Look at this progression. For it is all for your sake, so that as grace extends to more and more people, it may increase thanksgiving to the glory of God. Now, I said it, but let me show it. I think one of humanity's greatest accomplishments is the chocolate fondue fountain. I don't know if you're going to have one of those at your Thanksgiving table, but some of you know what I'm talking about. It has that top that trickles down to that tier, and the chocolate oozes down into that basin. And oh, I'll tell you, if you get those marshmallows on that little forky fork and those little bananas and you dip it in the basin, is there not a more glorious feeling on this planet? Then I don't know what there is. Well, this is what Paul is doing here. You see, one thing, grace, is at the top. It has to be at the top. It will trickle down to gratitude, which will then trickle down to glory. First, grace. He said, my whole message as someone who wants to tell the world about Jesus, is grace, and it's extending to more and more people. It's extending. It's stretching. It's swelling. It's moving out. Grace, what is it? Grace is undeserved favor. And you might be sitting there saying, well, wait a minute. Why don't I deserve the favor of God? Well, I'll tell you why. All of us are related to our ancestors, Adam and Eve. And the taproot of the fall away from God was in gratitude, in the very garden of God. Do you remember? God, says Eve, says Adam, I reach for the fruit, for you have not given me enough. In fact, you are not enough. I demand more than you, God. Now, we're all born with that residue, that oobleck in our very hearts. And if you didn't catch it, the main obstacle to gratitude is entitlement. Have you heard that word? It's a word that has an upside and a downside. It's actually a great word when you use it right. There are two good forms of entitlement. Form number one, you work really hard and your boss pays you money. 
Of course, but wouldn't it be weird for you to send a thank you card to your boss as though he did you a favor? The second form of entitlement I experienced last week. A good form of entitlement is when rights are conferred on a person, you're entitled to certain rights, and you receive them from another. Now, I'm a veteran, and I love the fact that last week Starbucks entitled me to a free coffee, and I went and I took it. Now, some of you were not entitled to that, but there is such a dark downside to entitlement. Entitlement is an unexamined assumption of deservedness for what you really don't deserve. Entitlement sounds like this, and I'm sure none of you are married to someone like this. I worked all day and deserved to watch that Clemson game. Any of you ever get interrupted by a child and you don't say it? Remember, entitlement is an unexamined assumption. You don't say it, but that child interrupts you and you say to yourself, how dare they? I deserve control over my time. I'm sure none of you ever did that when you were interrupted. Kelly, I see you smiling. Children, your mom says, get the chores done, and you have that same tone in every house in Goose Creek. Mom, I deserve my free time. Do you? Anybody ever say these? I deserve a conflict-free church, a conflict-free workplace. I deserve to have Thanksgiving with my crazy family without a conflict. Tell me how that works out for you. Now, I'm going to meddle with some of you older people here. When I retire, I'm going to meddle with some of you single people here. When I marry, I'm going to meddle with some of you that are waiting to have kids. When I have kids. Just by saying that, you think you deserve those three things. And technology excites our entitlement by taking the weight out of want. Many of you are already shopping or have shopped for Christmas because you are entitled to go out and click now because you deserve it now. Now you ask, okay, what has the power to squeeze every drop of entitlement out of our heart? Grace. The whole chocolate fondue fountain begins at the top with grace. Grace extends to more and more people. This is what Paul said. Jesus, the only entitled human being, sacrifices his title for you, a sinner. He dies for your thanklessness. He lives a perfect record of thankfulness, and he gifts you his deservedness. The fully entitled God would say in one of the Gospels, you have the right to become the children of God. A title of son or daughter. Okay, at the top of the fondue fountain, grace, it's extending more and more. But as it dribbles and oozes down, grace increases gratitude. Gratitude. The Greek word for gratitude is actually built on the same word for grace. 
You know this already in English. If I were to say, well, what are we going to give that person? And someone were to say, well, let's give that to him gratis. Have you heard this word? Free of charge. Gratitude is the inner awareness that you have actually received grace, undeserved favor, from outside of you. It's a warm, emotional experience. It's an emotion of joy and delight directed toward the giver. This emotion of gratitude will only rise in proportion to how undeserved you think that the gift is. It will not swell. It will not, as the scripture says, says, overflow unless you realize how undeserved grace is. Thanksgiving, and we're going to do it with each other in just a few minutes, is a public acknowledgement that you need grace. Now, some of you are here today because family grabbed you and said, we're going to do the church thing, and you would say, I don't even know if there's a God. I want you to think about this for a minute. If you're an atheist, and some of you work with people that just have said, I don't believe that a God really exists. Exactly how does an atheist cope with that corresponding desire to respond with thanks? Well, an atheist might say, oh, give me a break. I can thank people. That's what I can do. But how can you thank people for things like sunshine? Sorry, but none of you guys made that for me today. How can you thank people for water? None of us created that. In fact, that Thanksgiving turkey, how can you thank God for that food? The only adequate account for the lingering longing in all of us to say thank you is that there is a God. And He's so good. Now, I want to talk to you as Christians because there's two counterfeit forms of thanksgiving that are found even amongst us. Counterfeit number one, thanks speaking. Many of you this Thanksgiving season will actually thanks speak. You'll say thank you because grandma told you that's what you should say. Or you'll get something particularly for Christmas, and you'll say it not out loud, but in your head, thanks a lot. I didn't want that. Okay, that's counterfeit. Maybe some of you aren't doing that, but a lot more of you are doing this. Thanks keeping. Gratitude is an inward awareness of the need for grace, and you don't keep it in. Thanks keeping is not thanks giving. You must express and practice the gratitude. So, oh, at the top of the fondue fountain, grace, undeserved grace. It trickles down and increases gratitude, and the gratitude overflows to the glory of God. What is the biggest goal of grace? It's the glory of God. It's the basin on the bottom. It's taking the marshmallow, dipping it all the way into the depth. Glory. Grace-driven gratitude glorifies the giver of this whole grace, and that's God. Glory. Glory is such a wonderful word, and there's two ingredients. There must be weight, and there must be brilliant light. Glory. Imagine me holding a golden anvil, and the sun is shining. A golden anvil, you know what that is, an anvil, a big heavy anvil, and I drop it and it hits the ground. Do you, you hear the thud? Glory, light, and weight. Gratitude is the outward expression of the inner awareness of being favored with grace, and glory 
is the outward brightness of the inner blazing beauty of God. That's why Jesus is the radiance of God's glory. And there's an inverse relationship between entitlement and glory. It goes like this. The heavier you take your deservedness, the lighter you'll take God's glory. The heavier you take God, the lighter you'll take your deservedness. Jesus, like Bartholomew Cubbins, witnessed ingratitude one day. Luke picks up the story in chapter 17 of his biography of Jesus. One day Jesus walks into a village and there were ten lepers. They kept at a distance and they all yelled, Jesus, have mercy. Do you hear the need for grace? Now many of you know the history of that time, but some of you don't. That the public health laws of the day said if you had leprosy, this skin condition, you must stay six feet away from everyone else. And if the wind was blowing, you had to stay 150 feet away. Jesus heals these ten men. And he says, go show yourself to the priests. Why? Well, back in that day, if you thought you were cured... The priests were like the public health department. They would give you a certificate, and now you could show it to all your friends who were fearful to get close to you. Jesus did not come to heal their skin condition, but their social condition. And as the ten walked away, an interesting word is used. They were cleansed, all of them, on the outside. But only one of them, a Samaritan, an outsider to the Jewish religion, moved from grace to gratitude, only one. He turned around to return thanks to Jesus. It says he falls on his face. He starts to give Jesus the same word that Paul used, gratitude. He did not keep it in. He expressed it out. And Jesus says these very chilling words. We're not ten cleansed? Where are the nine? We're not ten cleansed. Where are the nine? Was no one found to return and give glory to God? Jesus says this. Grace always creates gratitude, which then creates glory. He uses the same word Paul did. There's, only this one came back to give glory to God? Jesus is quite confused at what is happening here. But he looks at this man and he says to him, rise Go your way, because your faith has made you well. That's a different word than cleansed. The other nine are trotting away, glad they got their outside fixed. But this man, so loud, so giving glory to God, Jesus says, your faith in me has saved you. Because the word well means saved to the core. You have a relationship now with God. We're going to practice this right now. I'm going to ask John to get a microphone. I wonder how many of you want to move from grace to an expression of gratitude because you want to glorify God. Now, I want, I want you to look at this verse. It's going to take a sacrifice for some of you to say something today. Psalm 50.23 says, the one who offers thanksgiving as his sacrifice, can you say it out loud with me? 
What are the last two words? Glorifies me. So I want to put it to you. Is there anyone part of our church, or maybe you're a visitor today, and during our worship, you want to offer up a sacrifice of thanksgiving? It can be for the littlest thing. It could be for something significant. But let's transition right now and give you a chance to express. If you have something to say, um, John and I, we're going to tape this because some people couldn't be here today. I'm going to ask you to kind of come to the end of your aisle, and then we'll go ahead and we'll hold the microphone so it's close enough to your mouth, and we'll give you a chance. We're going to do this for, for a little bit, and then we'll have the Lord's Supper as we end our service. Anybody want to give thanks to God today? Anything. Bob's going to start us off here. Bob, I'm just going to hold this to your mouth so they can hear you. Okay. First of all, I'd like to thank God for the relationship I have with him as my personal Savior. I'd like to thank God for my wife of many years and my best friend and all that she does for me. I'd like to thank God for my family, my two sons and their children, and the fact that they all know Jesus Christ as their Savior. I'd like to also thank God for Metro North Church uh, and the pastors here, especially Howard and John, and just give them the wisdom, knowledge, and your grace to know how to continue next year. I thank God that I would have been able to serve on this session here for several years. And uh, I'd just like to thank the people here that are our friends and just give them a wonderful time of Thanksgiving this year. In Jesus' name, thank you. I feel like that fondue fountain is just oozing. I thought you had one thing and you just kept going. I love it, Bob. Did you have something? I'll come right back to you, Wendy. I moved here in July. I came here leaving most of my family in Virginia. My wife is helping my uh, high school senior finish his senior year where he started, and I have two more children up there, and I brought Thomas with me to start ninth grade. A very challenging time, very challenging year, and a few months in, I'm feeling as hard as I expected it to be. And I'm very grateful and thankful for the little things. Thomas fell right in with the youth group, and I'm very grateful and thankful for Tyler and Aiden, you don't know how much it means to me that he has a ride that I don't have to provide um, because of my work schedule and being a single parent. God bless the single parents and all those details. And so I'm grateful that we've fallen into a, a, a family and have a place that we feel at home. Thank you. Um, <clears throat> we've been members here for almost 20 years. So there are a lot of people that we that I could thank, people that have come alongside us in the raising of our children. Um, but I wanted to, um, when I was praying about what I was going to give thanks for today, um, God really put it on my heart to thank God for one of our new family members, and um, that's Carter. I'm so thankful that God led Carter to Metro North and uh, for what he's done for our worship, um, but also for what he does um, for the youth that a lot of you probably don't see and don't know about. Um, and just one example is this past summer when the kids were going to TVR, they leave at 7.30 in the morning, um, and Carter was here to see them off. Um, and that is nowhere in his job description. 
Um, and when one of the other moms and I said something to him about it, he just shrugged and he said, I told him I'd be here, so I came. And uh, it's just stuff like that that he does for the kids just because he wants to and he chooses to. And uh, with what he uh, means to Aiden, Aiden playing the drums up there, he's done so much um, in Aiden's life. And um, so I just appreciate um, Carter. Uh, one thing I want to thank God for is the children's ministry. Uh, we have a, a three-year-old now, and she hasn't been to be able to come every week, but every week we can take her. You know, she's just blessed. Um, so she um, hasn't been, she's only been in in-home uh, child care beside here, but now she's in, like, spiritual home child care, and she's loved on. A lot of times she'll come back, she hasn't been for weeks, so she's a little uh, awkward, and then she's just blessed by the wonderful uh, servants we have here. And then in uh, general, I want to thank God. As you get older, you have this attitude of, you know, all kids these days, you know, but here I see adolescents and young adults that are just serving the Lord and just really honoring God and sacrificing just like Wendy talked about, and it's a great blessing to see. Anybody else? I've been at Metro North for about a year and a half, and I have just never, ever walked into a place that I felt so welcome and so loved. But what I'm thankful for are all the ministries of our church, everyone that heals everyone else's heart and that takes care of each other. I just am very thankful for the missions team, the Encore team, the coffee ministry, and all the hard work the volunteers put in. We are pretty new to this area. Um, moved here at the end of June. And do you mind if I sit down? <laughs> so, after 70-some years of fantastic health, my husband never missed a day of work in all those years um, to illness. And we've had the need for doctors. And the Lord has, I'm thankful that he has grown up the medical doctors, nurses, teams, and he has enabled us to have meds that we would know have no possibility of getting without him. And it is amazing, and we are very thankful. Also for the sweet people that we've been meeting in this church. Thank, we thank the Lord. Thank you. Uh, hello. Uh, this is my first time here. I'm in the Navy, so I came from Michigan. I'm pretty far from home. Uh, but... Uh, we've been looking for, uh, I've been looking for a church here in South Carolina for a little while since I've gotten here in uh, September, and this is the first place I've come that I've felt welcome as soon as I came in, and the music was very good, and it made me feel uh, back at home, and it connected me with uh, my family and just the love and support I know I have uh, back in Michigan, so thank you. What am I thankful for? My parents are both immigrants. My mother came from Germany just before Hitler came to power. My father came over as a runaway on a ship from the Philippines. I was born in New York with my sister. My mother was mentally ill. I had no idea at the time whether she followed Christianity at all. My father was agnostic. And by the time I was 15 years old, 
in a high school in Pompano Beach, Florida. After they had taught me about Charles Darwin for 60 days, I no longer believed anything. I was an agnostic. Now, it wouldn't have been so bad, except I was reasonably intelligent. I wasn't a dummy. And I looked at the world that I saw, and I'm going to keep this short, but I didn't see anything that made sense. 56 countries at war around the world, including Vietnam, World War I, II, Stalin, Mao Zedong, and the rest. The world made no sense. It was madness. And I wanted to commit suicide. And I would have, except for the navigators in the Navy in Norfolk, Virginia, and the fact that Billy Graham was an evangelist, and the navigators shared the gospel with me, and I could not have accepted that instantly. And then I watched Billy Graham on television for a couple of years. And I concluded at the end of that time that they were both talking about the same thing, and I trusted Christ. And my life hasn't been perfect, but I can tell you this. I, I would not have made it because I really did understand what this world was. And without a God, I just could not have continued. It just did not make enough sense. Well, life did change. It got, things got better. Uh, Fan and Brendan are part of the end story, and my wife and my other daughter. And I, I am thankful for the grace of God because that was the grace of God in my life. Over here, Lainey. Okay. I'm so thankful for Mr. John and Miss Jackie just because they have been there for my family and me for so long. And I just don't know where we would be as a family. And I don't know where I would be without them. They have done so much for us. And they've helped us gone through so many different things. And I just can't say in words how thankful I am for them. Uh, oh, the list is long, but I'll keep it short. I am thankful for Metro North, for the great leadership that we have. And I'm thankful also for they show love, as we are told in his word how they take care of the elderly. And I uh, thank God for my honey's love and for his great patience for me. Why are you crying, Jim? Is it hard? Is it that hard? <laughs> um, I really want to thank God um, for this church. Um, this church has been very special. I think this is one of the churches that um, I felt like I was in a church after leaving my home country for years and um, having been through a very difficult um, childbirth and having a pastor come by my bedside to pray with me and a host of church members praying for me. And you all have touched Jeremy. You all have... Um, 
um, carried him and made him feel very special. And I just want to thank God for Pastor Howard and the rest of this church and for all the people that visited us, brought us food. Um, it was not just the food. It was just the fact that a human being was there. And I just want to be grateful and thankful to everyone. Um, I really want to thank God for Cather. Um, at some point, um, I really loved worship. At some point, I was like, what's going on? But I want to thank God for Cather for um, making worship really beautiful. The songs mean so much. And um, I just want to thank God for him. Thank you. What up? <laughs> Um, I know I use this mic a lot. This isn't mic number A, so this is my letter A. Um, I try not to talk too much. Um, my heart's going a thousand miles a minute. Uh, a lot of you knew that I was engaged when I moved here. Um, my fiance at the time uh, interviewed with me and talked with Howard and John and met the session. And uh, in August, it fell through. And uh, God showed me that it wasn't a relationship that's going to stay. And uh, people just surrounded me immediately. And I remember the first night that I moved here and uh, my fiance and my friend had left and uh, I conned Target I bought this stupid piece of furniture. I was so mad. And I was sitting there, sitting on my floor, listening to Fleetwood Mac, just bawling my eyes out like, like a 13 year old girl and putting together this piece of furniture that I hated. I still hate that piece of furniture. And I sat there and I asked myself, I said, I said, what did you do? Because I knew that the decision that I made to come here would change everything for me. Um, and I've experienced a lot of loss, but I've gotten a lot of gain. Um, the next night, John and Jackie asked me over for dinner, and John tells a story, but I just walked in the door, because, you know, that was my home. And then the next night, and I told Howard this like a month after I started, uh, him and his family asked me out to the movies, and I really just wanted to stay at home. But I went, and I told Howard, I said, if you wouldn't have taken me, I probably would have gone home. And so, uh, I want to say, Thank you, um, not just for that, but uh, all my life, uh, my mom has never been a believer. And uh, in her 60s, after meeting some of you, uh, she finally started to talk to me about Jesus. So, thank you. I appreciate it. Good job. I'm going to make it brief, and I'm not going to cry. You're crying. Um, I've been at Metro for 13 years or so, and most of y'all who know me and my family know that it's been a horrible year. Um, my daughter is a meth addict, and she's, she's in recovery. It's a struggle every day. Every day our relationship is, is a struggle. Her 
sanity and sobriety is a struggle, um, but that led me to be, um, to give me custody of my granddaughter. So God has blessed us, he's blessed me with that. So there's two major things that I'm, I'm so, so, so thankful for this year, regardless of the struggles that we've had, and it's been hell. It's been hell. And um, but this year, I have been surrounded by the most loving, wonderful, especially the women in this church, because I am a single parent again now. And um, the women in this church have loved me. They call me. They check on me. They, they ask me if I need anything, how we're doing. Um, I'm so grateful for this church, and I'm grateful that some of y'all are new here and finding it at home. This is a home. I don't walk in feeling like... I'm the single mom of the church. I walk in f coming home to, to my, my family. Um, and, they, and they've loved me through this, this struggle. And, and I, don't, I can't name one person in this church who has said, oh, God, she's the mother of the drug addict. Um, they've all, everybody's been so supportive and wonderful. So I'm so grateful for that. Um, and a few of you have taken on more than your share of um, my burden. And arms are always open wide. And I am so thankful for that. And the other thing, I'm so thankful for God. God has been faithful. He has never left me. He has put me through trials, but he has been next to me the whole entire time. Um, and he cares for me and he loves me. And I, he gets me up by my bootstraps every single morning and says, Aileen, you got to go do it. And, and I go do it. And, but by the grace of God is the reason why I'm standing here and, and with all my family. Thank you. I too have a long list, but I'll keep it short because you, you guys know I talk a lot. Um, I just, I'm just going down this road to, to go into ministry. This young guy who is, you know, crazy about, you know, life and just wanting to go into ministry. And there's just so many people here at this church right now who have done so much to support that, starting with, with John and with Howard and just all y'all, you two have done to mentor me and then all you and your wives have done to help Tracy and I as, as we got married two years ago and going into ministry together. Um, for all the adult leaders who, who, have served, who serve with us now or who served in the past just to be with us and just help us to learn and help and come serve alongside with us. For the students who have sort of endured, endured the, the rain <laughs> of, of being in youth ministry and, and uh, trying to teach them and, and watch over them, and also for our, our elders and our deacons who are just supporting me and Tracy as I come under care of our presbytery this January, and I start my next master's degree this January for, uh, in seminary, and just, there's just so many people I'm just thankful for, but um, I love all of you, and above all, I want to thank God, and just want to thank my wife, Tracy, who's been my biggest supporter and champion for everything, who is read a lot of my papers and who and edits them for me, but who is there with me through the happy times and the tough times. We have just a few more minutes. We'd love to give a few more people a chance. Anybody else over here? People said a human being was there. And I'm looking at the communion ware on the communion table and thinking of a human being that was there. 
He was struck in the head. He let it happen. He was struck in the heart. He let it happen. His body, his brain, his heart was broken and spilled, shed deliberately for me and for you. And that he gave us this beautiful reminder in communion with each other and with him. can't drop the mic, can I? Okay. Um, so similar to Carter's story, I was engaged, um, and a week before the wedding, it got called off. And uh, so just I'm thankful for everyone here at the church who's, uh, you know, spoken with me and helped me through this time. And uh, a small group, the 2030 group, and uh, just some other people who have just really been there for me. And I just wanted to say thank you. I'm tremendously grateful for the Metro North family. They were paramount in organizing and making Taryn and I's wedding possible. Um, and they've served as a great resource to further my understanding of God. And I do feel like his redeeming power and grace were um, revealed to me in a glorious fashion through the mentorship of Howard and of this congregation. Um, I'm also just thankful for the Lord in general and what he's done in my life from a health perspective because um, a couple years ago then I was in a very dire place health-wise. I'd been hospitalized for two weeks. I uh, couldn't really move or walk but um, fast forward to now and I'm singing and, and dancing, doing theater downtown, and haven't really had any relapse of symptoms at all. And so I'm just very grateful for that. Uh, so, like my dad said, we moved here in, well, he moved here in July, and I came down in August, moving away from all of my church friends back in Virginia, which was probably the hardest thing I've ever done. And so I just wanted to say thank you to Aiden and Tyler and just the whole youth group uh, because they really they really accepted me right when I came in. They made it really easy to uh, to get to know everybody and I didn't feel like I was left out of anything. So I just wanted to say thanks for that. So some of you are on the edge of your seat. And you want to say something, and you're like, I just shouldn't say something. And you're going to go away from here going, why didn't I do it? But Jeannie's not going to let that happen. All right. I'd like to thank God for his love. Without his love, we would not have his grace. I thank God for family. And not only family we're born into, but this family that we are here at Metro North. 
for family we have with friends. I thank God for all of that. Time for probably one more. You know who you are. Oh, Mabel, why don't you be our, why don't you be the, uh, the final thanks, at least for now? Okay, I am thankful for being here. And I want to thank everybody for what they've done. And when Cecil's time came, Thank heavens, it was very peaceful and quiet for him. And thank all of you for being welcoming to me and helping me through all this. Thank you. The people of God would arrive at the temple and they would erupt in thanksgiving. Do you know why? Because the first thing they would see as they walked towards the temple was this big smoking sacrifice which told them, I don't deserve to be in a relationship with God, but that animal died, and I will never have to die. And you'd say to each other, we don't have to die. We have life. And they would walk into this temple with just shouts of thanksgiving. Jesus said these words. I want to read them to you. He said, oh, I'm going to go be with the Father, but when my people gather, I want them to remember that I was the final sacrifice. He says these words that Luke picks up. And Jesus took a cup, and when he had given thanks... Our Savior who sacrificed for you couldn't even pick up that cup without stopping and giving thanks. Let's do that right now. Father, we're going to now come forward. The temple's done. Your son has arrived. The final sacrifice is over. But we're going to walk forward because we are so thankful for Christ giving his life so that we would never have to give our life. In Christ's name we pray, amen. So Luke goes on and says, he had given thanks and he said, take this, divide it amongst yourselves for I tell you that from now on I will not drink of the fruit of the vine until the kingdom of God comes. And he took bread and he gave thanks. Let's do it again. Father, we, we see our, this story where Jesus can't even give a meal without giving you thanks over and over. Lord, we're not good at this. We are an entitled people who have a hard time finding words to be thankful. But we now take this meal because we're so thankful. In Christ's name we pray, amen. So he had given thanks a second time, and he broke the bread, and he gave it to them, and he said, this is my body. It's given for you. Do this in remembrance of me. Now, some of you don't follow Christ. I would really encourage you to just pray. Just talk to the Lord. We have some blue blue prayers that are there for you. They're a grace. Just enter into this story at your own pace. But if you're a Christian, 
you got to walk into the temple and you got to be given thanks. So when you're ready, come forward and from one of our leaders, please receive this meal to remember Christ. Gentlemen, if you're not able to walk forward, just raise your hand and one of our leaders will bring this to you.